Welcome to my Tuscan Roots podcast with me, Judita. Episode number two is about how outsiders help us uncover Tuscany's hidden gems. So last summer, while I was exploring Florence Oltrarno neighborhood, which is one of my favorite, I visited the Santo Spirito Church. In the left aisle of the church, hanging from the ceiling, there is a beautiful Michelangelo crucifix. It's 53 inches long and it has a very natural twist of the torso. But what intrigues me the most about this artwork is the story of its discovery. So this crucifix was discovered by Margaret Lisner, and she was one of the first female professors of art history in Germany. Her research field was exactly on 15th century wooden crucifixes. In the late 50s, Dr. Lisner was traveling through Tuscany on her old Vespa, which, by the way, how cool is that? She was visiting every single church in the region to find all the wooden crucifixes so she could classify them for her research. She was literally opening every dusty drawer and cobweb-filled closet. When she arrived in downtown Florence, she went to the Santo Spirito Church in search of more crucifixes. And she saw that there was a neglected one that hung above a door. Nobody really paid attention to it before, probably because it had a disfiguring layer of paint. But she immediately recognized it as a Michelangelo because of its contrapposto. In visual arts, contrapposto refers to a standing human figure that carries its weight on one foot. So basically, the other leg bends a little. It's kind of like the natural standing position of the human body. The ancient Greeks invented this formula, and then Michelangelo, along with Leonardo da Vinci, rediscovered it with their work. And the perfect example of contrapposto is Michelangelo's David, that everybody knows. So Dr. Lisner thought was a Michelangelo, but how could she prove it? She knew that Michelangelo was in the Santo Spirito convent in 1462, when he was just a teenager of 17. At that time, he was studying human anatomy, and the prior gave him permission to dissect corpses from the hospital. So, to thank the prior, Michelangelo sculpted a wooden crucifix, slightly smaller than a regular adult size, and it was possibly inspired by the body of a 14-year-old boy. It was hanged above the church's main altar, and we know that because written sources attest that stayed there until the 18th century. And then we lost track of it. Dr. Lisner was also able to back up her theory by comparing the legs of the crucifix to the legs of Christ in Michelangelo's famous Pieta, the one that is in St. Peter's Church in Rome. And the legs are so strikingly similar that they were clearly sculpted by the same artist. So she saw something that others had overlooked. As you can imagine, such an important discovery made by a foreigner who was also a woman angered so many local art historians. And the reason why I find this story so fascinating and why I wanted to tell it to you is because 
As a Florentine, this isn't the only time that an outsider has shown me things that a native might have missed. For example, when I moved to the US, I fell in love with the work of an Australian-Japanese food writer. Uh, her name is Emiko Davies. And she captures the essence of Florentine food better than anyone I know. In one of her cookbooks, there's a recipe for rice gelato, which is a traditional ice cream in Florence, which is like a rice pudding made into gelato, and it's delicious. And so her recipe catapulted me back to the hot, sweaty summers of my childhood, and I could even feel my sticky fingers wrapped around an ice cream cone. And then last summer, while I was walking through the Ultrarno neighborhood in Florence with the Polish art historian Agata Chanowska, I realized that I had an unconscious, that I grew up with kind of like an unconscious bias, that Florence is a town that lives in the past, for the past, more like a museum that is for tourists more than for Florentines. But when Agatha showed me Pitti Mosaic's workshop, where two maestros create mosaics with semi-precious stones, just as artisans did during the Renaissance, she completely blew my mind. And now I can see that art is still alive and vibrant in my town. And by the way, it takes 20 years of practice to become a maestro. So sometimes we really need the power of outsiders to give us new eyes to see the beauty hidden around us. See you next week.